Welcome into the Claptrap. Brought to you by Ultrasound Productions. Now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. All right, welcome into another episode of the Claptrap. We are back again, and this time joined once again by my good friend Matt. This time we get to see his smiling face, that pretty beautiful guy that I have on stream with me or on the uh, recording right now, doing it for the YouTube. But if you can't see the YouTube, that's because you're listening to us on the radio. And I'm bringing back Matt because he is a diehard Celtics fan. He is my season ticket holder friend uh, that has gone through the torment of this uh, the end of the last season. We haven't been able to talk to you since the end of the last season, so it's been a little tough, obviously, losing in the fashion that we lost. And now you got all this crazy offseason stuff. So first of all, i got to say thank you, Matt, for coming back onto the show. And secondly, how, how are you feeling since the, uh, the Celtics loss and everything? Well, happy, to, happy to be back. Um, no, I'm... I've been sort of decompressing, taking a little bit of time away, even as much as I, I, I try and all this Kevin Durant nonsense rumors and not so much nonsense, but you know, yeah, a lot, lot, of, lot of, lot of jab and a lot of talking. It's, it's the summertime, right? We need something to, something to fill the airwaves. So, but I've been, you know, I've decompressed, you know, that, that was a very tough game six for me personally. I don't know about the rest of the team, but <laughs> happy to be back here. Well, we're glad to have you. And uh, yes, there are some major topics going on with the offseason for the NBA. As usual, there's some drama. And this time it's fully focused on the Celtics and obviously the Kevin Durant situation. I've been talking about it for uh, you know a week or so now, but I need to get your opinions on some of these questions, what you're thinking, what some of the diehard Celtics fans are thinking about everything going on. I know we've had our own private conversations about this, but the world needs to know what Matt thinks about what's going on with this team. So i got to ask you, at this point, after you've been seeing all this crazy stuff going on, now the workout videos are coming out, everything uh, on everybody's mind about the Kevin Durant, will he, won't he be traded from the Nets situation? Is Jason Tatum in the wrong right now for going and working out with Kevin Durant during all of these trade rumors? Is this it, Should he be doing that? I mean, it was part of uh, Draymond Green's wedding party, right? Wasn't that the whole reason they were there? I think that was a part of it. He was at the wedding with everybody, and obviously, you know, LeBron was there, and Curry, and all the big names were there. But yeah, plus, I mean, who you know, if you're in the same town, I mean, they're buddies. They they played on Team USA. That that pick is just a way to get people talking. I mean, even if they just wanted to go play at the you know shoot around at the gym on their own, like, and I'm sure that's that's something that guys like that do. But they know just the just the sight of them two together gets things stirring, gets people talking again. And why not in the you know dead of August when no one's talking about the NBA? So I support it. I'm, I'm okay with it. All right. So even do you think that Jalen Brown's in on it too then? And he's just like, yeah, whatever. I don't really care about it because obviously a lot of people are talking about it, right? Yeah, I mean, Jalen hasn't come out and said anything. You know, I mean, nothing that like, was is he a flight risk? Is he going to leave? Is, you know, it, nothing, none of this is ever, all this rhetoric, all this whole, the, the spinning of a narrative is none of it's coming out of Jalen Brown's mouth. So until further notice, that man's a Celtic and I'm happy to have him. It's true. It's true. The only thing that really makes me think that there might be a little bit of, uh, you know, fire where their smoke is, is the fact that Brad Stevens actually seemed to have offered up this trade to the Nets, including Jalen Brown. So there's got to be something there, which I've also heard that Brad Stevens in the front office for the Celtics are very pissed off that that all got out. Obviously, he was trying to do that on the low. So that's the only reason why I think that there's something behind it. Yeah, I mean, how how can you do business? How, how did you that the Nets drive down their own negotiating power just by the fact that I'm not going to want to do deals with you or even negotiate or talk about possible deals of trade opportunities 
if it's going to get leaked to the media immediately, immediately right after. So I am, um, I, I think Brad's being a cool customer on this one. I think you have, you were, you know, two games shy of an NBA championship this year. So you don't have to shake it up. You don't have to, you know, this, I go, I go into the, you know, Marcus Smart versus um, Der, you know, uh, Derek White in the, in the trade talks. It's like, you don't have to include DPOI. Should he be a reason you're not going to, you're not going to get the deal done? Hell no. But you don't have to include him. So why overpay? I mean, I'm okay when Brad overpays with, you know, a first rounder from next year, two years from now, because what's that going to be? You know, that, that best Kelly Olenek, like I'm okay with that. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have to throw in the DPOI in order to make a trade. And I, I Brad's, uh, he's being a cool customer. I like it. All right. Yeah. I, I don't know if I like how we're calling him the DPOY. I mean, I get that's what he was, but yeah, you know, that's an interesting uh, nickname. Okay. We're going to take a little break, but when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation about the Celtics after this on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clap. All right. You're listening to the great conversation I had with my good friend, Matt, talking about the Celtics. Let's get back into it. All right. If you think it's all rhetoric, so do you think that there's anything to the rhetoric, though? Do you think there's anything? Do you believe at all that Jalen Brown wants to go out and start a team and be the leader of his own team? Or do you think he wants to hang out on the Celtics and be kind of playing second fiddle to Jason Tatum for his entire career or as long as he stays with the Celtics at that point? That, that one's tough, right? Because it's, you know, he's got the new agency. He's got, you know, obviously wants to, who doesn't want to develop their brand when you're, you know, to, you know, multi-millionaire. I, I understand that part of it, but again, nothing's ever come out of his mouth that says he wants to get out of here. There's not really a lot of better opportunities. If he wants to win championships, which I think that that man's motivated to do, you're in a, a prime position here. If you get shipped off to Brooklyn, you're not in prime position to do that. So, I mean, I, I'll tell you, my, my, my big hope, my big sort of, you know, would be the swindle of the century is if Brad Stevens packages up everything but Jalen Brown, you know, Aaron Tatum, obviously, and somehow tries to swim, you get the Kevin Durant deal. And it's not that it's it'd be it doesn't seem like that great of a deal. And if it isn't, it isn't that great of a deal. It's, you know, it's you know, ponies for horses. But when you think about, I mean, what what are the Nets' better options right now? What are what exactly do they have a trade that they're going to fall back to? Every day, their their trade position, their leverage gets worse and worse. So that type of deal, you know, the defensive player of the year, not the DPOI, him, Bob Williams, you know, you name it, throw them all together, draft picks till you know till kingdom come. That's that's the deal I would love to see. And you know, you're gonna a lot of green goo if you see something like that happen. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm talking with Matt here, my good friend and season ticket holder for the Celtics. We're talking all about this Kevin Durant situation. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's just no chance that that would ever, I mean, the Nets ownership group is not bright, it seems, but there's no way they're going to let the Celtics fleece them one more time. So they have to very minimum get Jalen Brown. But with that being said, and everything else that you're talking about, if the Celtics were, if you have to get into this hypothetical situation now, if the Celtics are planning to make that trade using Jalen Brown and at least one more player, for you, is Marcus Smart off the table completely? And and if so, why? Yes, but not because I wouldn't trade him in order to get Durant. Yes, because you don't need to include him. The Nets don't have any competing offers that would force you to include the defensive player of the year in the in the trade. It's just that that's that's the whole thing. I, I don't I'm okay that it's a hang up right now, purely because 
they haven't lost the deal. We haven't seen Kevin Durant get traded anywhere else. And it's like, oh, damn, like if they had just included smart, then it would have been fun. That, that hasn't happened yet. So I'm, I'm okay with the position that they're in right now. And again, Kevin Durant said he's going to retire before he plays for the Nets again. The Nets are going to have to take something. And with that, with everyone knowing that, no one's going to offer up the farm for it. It's just so we'll see. I, I think you're not, you're not going to see that great of a return on this trade no matter what happens. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, on the one hand, you got the Nets who are sitting there thinking like, hey, I got you signed for a four-year deal. What the heck is this all about? I have to be able to get something for you. Uh, but yeah, you're going to be left with getting whatever you can take at that point. So that's going to make things a lot dip- more difficult. I, I mean, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's it's not that you wouldn't throw Marcus in for getting Kevin Durant. It's that you don't feel like you need to at this point just because of the position they put themselves in. And now they're all coming out and saying, hey, we want to run it back with this team. We want want Kyrie we want Durant we want to just do the whole thing over again because they're just grasping at straws at this point uh, and trying to get something together we know that that's probably not going to happen though best of luck to that team <laughs> yeah that's uh the, the dumpster fire was correct on that one I thought that it was they were actually going to be good I personally thought that they were going to be good it completely imploded uh I, I guess I should have seen that coming but You know, it is what it is at this point. Okay, we'll be back with more of the Claptrap and this great conversation that we had after this on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. You're listening to the great conversation I had with my buddy Matt talking all about the Celtics and the Kevin Durant situation right now. Let's get back into it. With all that being said, and the fact that the Nets do want to try and make that work, and so we'll see what ends up happening if they can either get Durant to change his mind or they're going to end up having to trade him if the trade was to go through or wasn't going to go through I guess hypothetically what duo do you think is actually the better one to make the finals do you think it would be the Tatum and Brown duo has a better chance or do you do you understand that it would be Kevin Durant and and Jason Tatum as the better duo I mean immediately you mean you have to say Durant and Tatum right I mean I I don't want the trade to happen like I don't want it to I don't want to get rid of Brown you know I I but I would say that, yeah, next year in the 2022-23 campaign, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have a better chance with Tatum and Durant. You got to hope that one of those two guys doesn't turn into an, a puddle offensively in, in the finals you know, for that long of a stretch. I will say, you know, to Jalen Brown's credit, he was probably the best player for the Celtics in the, in the finals. You know, it's not, it wasn't a high bar to set after game four. I mean, everyone sort of, no one could really move, you know, move the ball, get, put the ball in the hoop, create their own shot. That was a real, you know, real, real pain in the ass, but... Uh, yeah, I'd say I mean, you have to look at it. I mean, it's Kevin Durant, you, you know, he's top five player. You, you have to look at that. You just, you weren't, you wonder about where the heart, where the mentality is going to come from. You do get rid of, you know, hypothetically Brown and smart in a deal like that. Where's the, you know, where's the drive? You know, those, those two guys certainly are alpha players, but we've seen them to have lapses in their alpha mentality on the court. Yeah, well, I guess the heart will just have to come from the great Ime Odoka, who everyone said was doing such a great job and everything like that, even though I don't really yes. believe it personally. But whatever. What? It's, I just feel like, uh, once again, if you get any coach to come in and the players are willing to buy into your system, you're going to seem like a good coach for the first year or two. Brad Stevens was considered one of the best coaches at the time in the beginning because everyone bought in. Then as soon as you got to the point where they were all superstars and they were all like, I'm not going to listen to this guy. Then all of a sudden Brad's not as good of a coach anymore. I think the same thing will happen with Ime Odoka personally. It's all buddy, buddy right now. Everybody wants to fight and play for him. But as soon as that sours, then all of a sudden Ime Odoka isn't a good coach anymore because his players don't buy in that's it's all about buy-in to me as a coach but uh, I mean I, 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 I 
I disagree with that part of it. I just, I think former player, you know, I think that's, that's a huge sort of credit to, you know, but you look at the Steve Nash's of the world, obviously that's not really panning out too well, but I think Ime's got the ear of the room. Um, and I know, and it's working out now. I, I can't sit there and tell you, like, it's not going, you know, it's working right now. And I think the whole Brad Stevens it's working right now was a matter of that guy was given, you know, chicken crap and made chicken salad out of it. He, <laughs> He, I mean, that, that, that team went, what, they went 40 and 42, I think, or, yeah, and they still, they were the seven C, like, that team ascended far faster than it was supposed to. It hurt their draft positions in, in those years, you know, they only missed the playoffs that one year. Ime inherited something much different, and it was more about, I'm not going to compare him to Phil Jackson, but it was much more of, like, manage the mentalities, manage the egos, sort of massage that, try to put it all together, and that's what I think Ime's been, you know, done really well at, and I don't think that was Brad's forte. Yeah, sure. I mean, former player doesn't look like a little twerp that they could just flick to the side when they're done with him. So, yeah, I get it. They're a little more intimidated by Ime Odoka. We'll see how long that lasts. But you got a team in the Celtics here, and I'm talking with Matt, uh, my uh, season ticket holding friend who is a, a bleed greener to the end. I got to ask at this point, with the way that the last season ended and the way that the team is currently constructed, you go out there and you get Malcolm Brogdon. You obviously got another piece. You've have all the other pieces that are still under contract from last year's team. Everybody's going to progress. Is this championship or bust now at this point for this team, or do they have any more leeway with you at all? Or is it, it's only championship or bust. I think you got to go back to the finals. I mean, and no one wants to see him lose two finals in a row. So um, yeah, I guess it's championship or bust. I mean, they've, they were two games away and they added significant, you know, not significant pieces, but significant to what they needed, you know, uh, a, a better ball handling off, you know, point guard that can run the offense, you know, better than Marcus Smart and a sharpshooter. I mean, Danilo Gallinari, you know, he's not, he's got a lot of, a lot of tread on the tires, but he's, you know, he's, he's torched the Celtics before back in his Nick days. And I think sometimes he played for the Nuggets for a while too, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. no, he's, I mean, he's, I, I like him. I think he's a great, you know, seventh guy, you know, second guy off the bench type of deal. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, and if you can keep healthy, you know, you, say, you see, you saw the impact Rob Williams had when he was healthy for you know, long stretches of the year. That should have been defensive player of the year, in my opinion, if you had, he not got hurt that last stretch, but no, I think, I think this team is it's, it's finals or bust. I mean, I, I think that's, that's a, that's what I, I'd go with. All right. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I just think that you finally get that missing piece or what it felt like you had for a missing piece in last year, which was one more scoring option off the bench or something that could kind of change that momentum a little bit more than what we had. You had a bunch of players that just weren't playing up to their potential. Malcolm Brogdon comes in. Gallinari, that's another one, a shooter. Like, we, we wanted shooters off the bench, that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think that he'll be a good addition as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you're right. Finals or bust. It, it, you can't miss the finals again after last year and I know it's going to be tough again I know teams like uh, you know the Bucks are going to have Middleton which a lot of people said if the Bucks had Middleton maybe you don't end up getting past them Miami is probably going to I don't know if they'll get somebody else but they'll be right in the mix you have teams in your way so I get that it's going to still be difficult but you have to now go in and assert yourself once again as the top team in the Eastern Conference who just added another big piece in in Brogdon and, uh, and, and see what you can do with that but you have to get to the finals in my opinion all right we'll be back in a little bit after this to finish up the conversation about the celtics and then jump into some patriots topics on 90.7 wkkl the clap trap with your host zach clap you're listening to the conversation i have with matt talking about the celtics to start it off finishing off that conversation before we get into some patriots talk let's do it last real quick question about that 
Do you think that Malcolm Brogdon is going to have a, 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 any kind of a starting role on this team, or is it Marcus Smart, DPOY, once again, fully all the time? Uh, that's interesting. I mean, you'd have to check egos, you know, in order to, to put, like, Smart on the bench. Um, obviously, when there's injuries, you'll slide him in. I think you'll, I think you'll see him peppered in a little bit. I, I think you'll – if someone's, you know, Smart's cold or Brogdon's cold or vice versa, I think you'll see – you may play with the lineups a little bit. Um, so I don't think it's going to be entirely like he's always off the bench. I think he'll probably start the season that way, but I wouldn't guarantee that he stays, that he stays there the entire year. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it should be Malcolm Brogdon, it personally, just from what I know and what I've seen in him, but I get it. The heart of the team, you can't put him on the bench to start the year, right? They'll let him go. But uh, we got other topics that I want to get into here. And I'm talking with Matt, who is the season ticket holder for the Celtics, but that doesn't mean that he's not involved with the other teams in New England as well. So you got the Patriots in preseason mode right now. And I've got to ask, we're, we're, well, you know, I'll give away a part of the show anyways. We're going away to uh, my bachelor party this weekend, actually, in Foxwoods. And one of the things that we're going to get to do is watch a Patriots preseason game that's had a lot of kind of weird hype leading up to it now that you've had all these fights going on with the Panthers during the week and you don't know what's going to happen during this Friday night game. Do the Patriots have anything to prove in this preseason game with the Panthers Is it, or to you personally, or do you feel like it's just still preseason? Who really cares? I mean, I'm worried about like torn ACLs and like, you know, cheap shots. And there's obviously a lot of chippiness coming out of this, this little joint practice, which was, I don't know. I don't, I don't know to whose benefit this whole, this whole week was, you know, it's really it, just a lot of horror stories coming out of there. Get out healthy, honestly, have a good drive. And, you know, if, if Mac goes down nine plays, 80, you know, 75, 80 yards, puts it in the end zone, get his ass out of the game before someone goes in and gives him a cheap shot. Um, I, you know, I, as much as I was not a fan of not seeing the starters and not seeing a, a really decent product on the, on, out in the field last week, I don't really want you know that chippiness to carry over into a game. So I, you know, get the guys in there, get a good drive, maybe two drives, get people out, keep people healthy. Cause this thing was an absolute train wreck. Yeah, I, I mean, I was fully on board with going into this game, hoping that we were going to get a first half or at least the first quarter of number one starters out there. But now, like you said, I don't want it to get chippy. I don't want it like it's almost like the fights during the week ruined the ability to have a good game plan going into the preseason game. Because, yeah, now all of our thoughts are you can't have your 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 quarterback out there taking shots because the other team's getting a little chippy or something like that or any of your new players for that matter. So it's it's going to be interesting how it goes. And it's been weird how these fights have been popping up. I know that there's a lot of people talking about how it's because, you know, we don't really have the greatest coaches anymore. We're letting kind of shenanigans get in there and stuff like that. I don't know if it's necessarily that or it's just that they've been heated from the way that things have been going so far, which has not been good over the preseason. None of the practices, none of the reports or anything have been good from it. So I, I don't know what's uh, causing all these fights. I will say, though, I heard what Matthew Slater said about that second fight where the guy was standing over Wilkison afterwards, which I completely agree with him on that. The hit itself wasn't dirty or anything. Nobody was freaking out about that. It was the fact that he was standing over him afterwards trying to you know, intimidate or, or show dominance or whatever. That's always going to get people riled up. They had to have known that, right? Yeah, you, you don't do that in, in, a, in a game, let alone in a, in a practice. I don't know, practice. Uh, right. uh, like in a, in a joint practice and you know that sort of facility. I don't know why I'm blanking on the word, but that's not the right environment for that anytime. So I mean, I get why people are pissed. I get why people are chippy. And again, just save save the real 
So you have two of these joint practice weeks, right? So you have this one that just passed, and then you have the the Vegas Raiders one. I don't. I think they're going out to Vegas for this. Um, you can do you, the developmental stuff, and you know, sort of the scenario plays, and not having to worry about there being fights. You can do that with the Raiders. Josh McDaniels is at the helm. You're not going to have the same sort of the same beef, the same tension with the two sides. Save any save any of that for you know. That might change their plans because maybe they wanted you know, the third game to be that, you know, the equivalent of the fourth game in the old preseason where all the guys who are competing for the roster spots are going out there, but maybe you have to use that game in a different way. It's just, you know, I'm not, I'm not the coach. I'm not the GM. I'm not any, I'm not anyone on this, on this thing, on this team, but you have to look at this and sort of recalibrate, readjust, and, you know, and be like, Hey, this is, I'm not going to risk anybody's health over, over this. Cause that chippiness, that, that tension did not just stop after the joint practices. It still exists. You have to be able to dance around it and, and avoid it at all costs. Yeah, and it, it makes you think a little bit about the, the preseason in general. And I'm talking with Matt here about the preseason. The Patriots have been working in joint practices with the Panthers all week leading into a Friday night preseason game where we'll see what that ends up happening in that one. Will the starters play? How much will they play? Will there be more fights? How is it going to go? We're going to keep talking about that and more when we come back after this on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. You're listening to the conversation I had with my good friend, Matt, all about the Celtics to start. Now we've jumped into the Patriots. Let's get back into it. Are In general, are you a preseason guy at all? Do you think they should get rid of it? Do you like the joint practices? Do you like the games even? What do you think they should even do moving forward in the NFL with the preseason and training camp and stuff? I, li- I like going. I like going to, the, going to Fox, uh, Fox, but I almost said Fox Woods just because it's, uh, <laughs> it's, on, it's on the mind these days. Um, I, I, I like going just because it's, you know, it's a Friday night. You're not missing other games or like it's Thursday night, whatever the case is. You're not missing it. You know, you're not watching your fantasy team. You're not watching any bets you have going on. You, you get to sort of take it all in and enjoy it. And you don't have to pay attention that much. It, it's a, it's a good take um, in terms of the actual preseason. I mean, I think we're all, I, I imagine it, you know, it, probably the next CBA, we're going to be looking at two preseason games, 18 game schedule, Super Bowl the day before Patriots Day uh, or um, uh, President's Day. Right. So I mean that's probably the way it goes. I mean I don't. It's tough because every sport has a preseason, right? Whether it's spring training, whether it's the Celtics do a couple of games, the Bruins do the same thing. But the big difference is that this is a much more physical sport. The contracts aren't guaranteed, so you know when you get hurt, it's you know you're you're out the door. So I mean I think it's yeah. I, I honestly don't would not mind if this thing got condensed to as, you know, as small as possible. Um, and just that way, maybe we'll actually get some value out of these games. Last week was a friggin' joke. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, and, you know, even though it was nice to see Tyquan Thornton, I guess, get a touchdown and, you know, some of the 50, 50 balls with the wide receivers, whatever you want to say about that. But overall, not a good product. Not really what you're trying to watch. I will say it's one of the only football games that I actually like to go to. Like you said, go into these games. You don't really have to worry about the other stuff. And it's actually decent weather, unlike midway through the season when you start getting the crap and you don't want to be sitting out in the snow or the rain or any of that stuff. So, yeah, give me a preseason game if I'm going to go for it. First of all, it's cheap. Secondly, it's good weather. That's what I'm on board for. But uh, Can't feel your toes by the yeah, yeah, not, second quarter. I'm not trying to be drenched in rain and then it's freezing rain. and then, Yeah, I'm not trying to get hypothermia or whatever just to watch a Patriots game in the middle of the season or whatever. So uh, I, I'll take the preseason game every time. All right, just to wrap up the whole NFL talk right now, I know it's a brief one, a short one. We'll get into more of that as the weeks continue to progress towards the season. But rapid fire style, over under, got to ask you, 
wins for I'm going to do the AFC East and then one other extra one here over under Patriots wins this year eight and a half what do you think over I mean I don't have the schedule in front of me I mean they're going to start off you know it's, I know it's a tough schedule to start but eight and a half I mean is that is that a Vegas line that is that is the Vegas line yeah, I right think, now. I think, I, think, I, think, I think nine and eight is is a not not a lock but I think they can achieve that yeah so over yeah, yeah, I would also take the over on that one. Pound that over. All right, Bills eleven and a half over under. Over. They've got the Patriots in their schedule, and they've got the Jets. So I mean, that's that's at least three, if not four, wins. Miami too. I mean, I, I think the the Bills are the Bills are gonna go, gonna go over. All right, I'm taking the under. I think they get exactly eleven wins, and they just take the division that way. It's not gonna be. I think they'll still lose a couple of games here and there. Dolphins over under eight and a half. I know. I'm rapid firing you right now. <laughs> um. Under, I mean, the new coach, new system. You know, I, I mean, they do have Tyree Kill. I don't, I don't know if they have a quarterback that's going to get it to him. Um, I don't. You know, I, I'm going to go under. Yeah, same here. Uh, two up stinks. Uh, no chance. No chance. Give, give him six wins, maybe. Over under for the Jets, five and a half wins. Oh, under. <laughs> I mean, they, they can't. They, they can't. They can't even lose or lose games when they try to lose. I mean, they're they're they're, they're always a dumpster fire. The quarterbacks now get, you know, his knees potentially, I guess surgery was successful, but I mean, what, when can you bank on the Jets getting a six win season, even in a 17 game schedule? That's why I think they're going to get it. I'm going to take the over on that one. I feel like Joe Flacco is going to come in out of nowhere and just get them six wins and it's going to be stupid and they'll get themselves out of a better draft position just because they were the Jets and they Jets themselves and just barely get enough wins to get into that position. That's how I feel. So I'm taking the over on that one, actually. Last one. We shall see. We shall see. Over under 11 and a half wins for the Bucks. Mm, <laughs> One of the best offenses. Right at 11. If not in, if not the best offense in the league. Who are what divisions are they playing? What divisions are the is the NFC South playing this year? I don't actually off the top of my head. No, I was hoping that you'd have that information. You like them, don't you? I, I mean, I love Tom Brady, so of course, <laughs> you know, get the get the jersey. Um, all right. All right. I'm going to look at it real, real quick just to get an idea. All right. So they're playing north. Uh, all right. I'm going over. You're going over. All right. I'm also taking the over. I think that they're going to go nuts in the regular season, score a million points, and then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But I think that they're going over there. So that was over under with the AFC East and a former quarterback of the AFC East uh, with Matt right there. Time to switch things up. So we're going to talk about some of the Red Sox topics when we come back after this on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. I'm talking with my friend Matt. We're moving the subject to the Red Sox, so let's get into that. Let's move on to something else. We're going to move on from football. we got a little bit of Red Sox talk to get into. They are still playing right now, and even though I've completely acted like I'm over it, I'm, I'm just not even thinking about them anymore, which I barely am, to be honest with you guys. I've been just so pissed off with this team. The Red Sox have now won five out of their last six games, including two out of three to the Yankees but remained four games out of the wild card. Do you think that they can make a run? Do you want them to make a run at this point, Matt? Do you care? Mathematically, I mean, sure, they can do it. Uh, do I think they will? No, they're also down 2 nothing right now as we're speaking um, to the Pirates, so we'll see what happens. But, I mean, they don't deserve it. Even though there's an expanded playoff you know, uh, format, they don't deserve it. The team, the team, you know, they had too bad of a stretch, and it's, yeah, it's four games out, but it's a lot of teams in front of them. So, well, they, can they make it close? Sure, but they should be in the thick of it now and be able to make a run as opposed to have to be on the outside looking in. So they'll keep it interesting until like the last week of the season probably, but I don't think we'll do it. 
they got a major couple of series coming up. Yeah, they're playing the Pirates right now, which they're a, a bottom feeding team, so you should be able to beat them. But you got at the Orioles, home against the Blue Jays, home against the Rays, and then at the Twins. So all pl- current or fighting for playoff teams right now in your way just the rest of this month, not let alone next month. So I have no faith in this team. I said they were going to come out of this month at 10 games under 500. Maybe I'm going to be wrong on that one now. They they have made it themselves at least a 500 still a chance though i don't know i don't have any faith and i don't think that they should at this point or anyone should have faith in them at this point if the red sox do fail to reach that playoffs do you think that alex cora should get fired do you think that chime bloom should get fired both should get fired neither should get fired and do you think that they actually would get fired i think cora would walk before if they'd fire him I like that. I think is is he in the last he's in the last year of his deal, right? It was just a two year deal after he came back from from his suspension. Something like that. I never know how it goes with those stupid managers. They have deals under the table and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I think he walks before he before he gets fired because I think they know the the clubhouse likes him, but I don't think he I don't know if he's in the the best relationship with uh, with manager. Well, they have a horrible direction that they're bringing the team on, and Alex Cora is trying to win championships or be involved with a team that's actually decent because he's a good enough manager to be that way, or at least cheat his, cheat his way to that way. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he I, reestablished his reputation. So, I mean, he, he he came back in the league. He didn't get caught cheating again for you know his time back. So he's eligible to go to other clubs if uh, if there's opportunities out there. I, if I were him, I would I would you know peruse the market before signing back with the Sox for sure. For sure, I think that that's probably the way to go with that. And uh, We'll see how they end up uh, with the rest of their season. We'll see what the fan base is going to do if they do end up missing the playoffs after not really going for it at the trade deadline, which that made no sense to me. I have no faith in this team. I'm very frustrated with the ownership group. Henry needs to just, I I love you, mean it. With the championships, uh, I get that. That's great. But now you want to go be involved with the Pittsburgh Penguins and your soccer team and all that kind of stuff. Go ahead. It's fine. Let it be somebody else who actually cares about winning that takes over the team. And then we'll see how things go. All right. We've got to the fun portion of this program. Uh, we got we got a little bit of time left to end the uh, the little interview that we're doing with Matt here, my good friend, season ticket holder for the Celtics. As I mentioned earlier in the program, we got a bachelor party that we're going to this weekend. It's my bachelor party. We're going out to Foxwoods. So anyone who's going to be in Foxwoods this weekend, make sure you stop by and say hello. Or, or don't. I might have too many drinks in me, and then who knows what's going to happen at that point. I don't want that on my conscience. Bit of a shorter Red Sox segment right there. I guess you can tell how much we're liking the Red Sox team right here over on the Claptrap. But we got some more fun questions to come uh, with some bachelor party talk. We come back after this on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're wrapping up the show and the conversation with Matt, now finishing up with the fun topic of bachelor parties. Let's jump on in. Anyways, i got some questions for you about bachelor parties now, Matt. We'll see how this goes. Trying to keep it as uh-huh. PG as possible, by the way. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Right. Yeah, shoot. This is off the cuff. This is no, no prep, no nothing nope. in advance. All right. Nope. This, is, nope. this is fun. This is, we should be able to come up with some good stuff here. What are your top two or three, if you want to go that far, bachelor party activities? Remember, we're trying to keep it PG. Like, uh, pre game with root, you know, have a nice big room to get some some root pre game going or beer um, pong for you uncivilized people out there. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, that and uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, a couple of rounds of shots at the bar. I mean, that's that's you know, it's, again, it's pretty PG. It's uh, you know, maybe we have an after hours show or something like that. We can get into the nitty gritty. 
I was going to say you got to go with like a nice dinner, a nice dinner out with the guys. That's personal. Now, I'm very PG when it comes to the bachelor party stuff anyways, but a nice dinner out with the guys would be cool. And then also another thing that we're going to be doing, I know that you might not be involved with it, but golfing on the bachelor party weekend I think is a great thing. Get a little camaraderie, a little bit of competitiveness, you know, that kind of stuff. That's kind of what yeah, I I'll be I'll, I'll be getting a rub down at the spa <laughs> while you guys are all out there golfing. Yeah, you take your beauty day and then you uh, you see what else you can get into before we have our fantasy football draft as well. That's the kind of bachelor party that I like too. We go a little bit of gambling, a little bit of golfing, a little bit of fantasy football. Everybody loves that, right? It's a good time. What do you think? That's a good take. I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I cleared my calendar the week for this weekend. There we go. That's what I like to hear. All right. Question number two off the top of the head. Who is the best guy to have at a bachelor party and who's the worst? I don't know who's going to be listening. So I'll just, you know, <laughs> the, I'll run off the cuff. So, someone that's good at initiating conversation, I think, you know, so, okay. you know, maybe, like maybe bring it outside, maybe bring it outside your group for once, you know, you know, have, get some new blood, some, some new conversations. Great job um, being PG. The, wor- the worst, you know, the worst person, person that's going to puke, the person that's going to be sloppy, the person's going to get dragged mm-hmm. around. So don't, you know, we've all been that person. Don't be that person right. to, you know, you know, find supplements if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. I think, uh, best guy in the group is the morale guy, which I personally feel like I'm a morale guy myself. Anyway, <laughs> you got to keep the vibes up high. You got to get everybody in a good spirits and just always be the guy that's ready to be like, all right, we need a round of shots or, you know, let's go do something fun, something like that. Keep the morale, the vibes up high. That's where I'm at for the best guy at the, the show. Uh, and that's what I'm going to be, Mike by the Tomlin way. Tomlin to the freaking bachelor party. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to be there. Hype man all the way. Uh, worst guy to have is, yeah, I mean, your your guy is great. But just like the the overly had way too much to drink, way too loud, getting in people's faces, making it awkward for everybody else at the party. You can't have that guy. There can't be that guy at the party, right? Yeah, you know, you need to have so, you need to have someone to like, someone to not like. So everyone right. plays their role. Just don't puke on my stuff. Don't puke on my bed. Don't you know? Just, <laughs> yeah. or get, get get your own room, which is you know what some of us choose that to works. do. Yeah, sometimes that's all right. All right, last question I got for you here: Have you looked into any bets for the weekend? Uh, that you're going to want to put your money on. I know it's hard to get numbers right now. We're talking about Friday night, Saturday night. I- I'm thinking about going with the Patriots first quarter, winning that. If I can find any Mac Jones uh, player prop bets, I'm going to try and go with that. But if you haven't looked into any, what are your favorite, or maybe either way, what are your favorite uh, games to play at the casino as well? So I'm going to tell Charity, our, our, our boy Rich, who's a big boxing guy, I said there's a real good slate Saturday night. So I'm going to tell whatever he's betting. Um, and then, you know, you know, uh, the Western and Southern Cincinnati, you know, in, out in Cincinnati, you know, you know, I'm a tennis guy, so there's some good tennis going on right now. I'll, uh, I'll probably, you know, place a couple of wagers. I've been keeping an eye on the, on the scores this week, just to know who's in, who's, who's playing hot, who's not. This is the you know last big tournament, you know, before the U S open. So this is, you know, there's, there's going to be some good opportunity there, but the primary thing is going to be tailing, tailing charity on, on boxing. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'll definitely – and we got a couple of guys. We got some guys that are into UFC. I think there's a UFC card. We got Chard who's into boxing. He'll be big on that one. Uh, you like tennis. We'll get into that. And then you got the preseason game, which probably shouldn't bet – that's real degenerate stuff, but whatever. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I already kind of know the answer to this question, though. What are your What are your favorite games to play at the casino? Blackjack, roulette. Yeah, let's keep it pretty pretty straightforward. I don't think I play anything else. Maybe some bingo. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll try the bingo hall this time. 
I'm right there with you, but I think the one thing that I always try and get a group to do once I've had a few too many adult beverages is I love to get on that craps table. I don't really know what's going on, but me just throwing the dice makes me feel so cool at that point. That's that's what I go with. So get ready for that. I'm going to drag you onto the uh, uh, craps table at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, let's let's get a, I have a whole group. Let's get a whole table and then just have the dealer explain to us as we're playing. That way we're not messing up anyone else's day. And, you know, we're all learning in the process. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Don't give us any hate out there. Anyone who's listening along. We can still just be learning at this point in our lives. OK, it's a, it's a tough game. All right. Learn something new every day. That's what we try to do here. All right. Well, thank you, Matt, for coming on. I appreciate it once again. We're going to do a lot more of this coming up as obviously the Patriots, the football season comes up. Then the Celtics will start as well. I'll have a lot more questions for you as we get into that. So thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. We'll have you on again soon. Always a pleasure. I'll see you in less than 24 hours, kid. Yes, you will. All right. That'll do it for another episode of The Claptrap. This will be up wherever podcasts are found. Just search The Claptrap. We'll be back again next week to talk everything about the New England Patriots, the Celtics, anything going on in the offseason, those Red Sox as well. This will also be up on our YouTube page, so just search on YouTube for The Claptrap if you want to see our ugly mugs talking during this whole entire uh, conversation that we had here. But... Keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of the Capes Classic Alternative. I'll be back again next week to talk your ear off. All right. Later, people. Bye.